You are listening to messages from Victory Outreach in the city of Whittier. We pray that you are inspired, challenged, and provoked to become all that God has called you to be. For daily insight, please log into victoryoutreachwhittier.org. I'm going to continue on. I'm going to continue on with our series. We've been talking about how God wants to prosper you. Okay, now I want you guys to listen and pay attention all over this place. This is a great message for you. This is a great message for you. God wants to prosper you. I said God wants to prosper you. How many of you want to prosper? No? I mean, I feel sorry for you if you don't want to prosper. You say, oh, no, I'm not selfish. I don't want to prosper. Then I'm telling you right now, the elevator is stuck. Because you cannot be a blessing to the kingdom of God or anybody else unless you're prosperous. And God doesn't want, and I'm not talking about the name it, claim it, the, you know, give $10 and expect God to give you a Rolls Royce or anything like that. I mean, that's foolishness. But I'm talking about you being a blessed person so you could be a blessing. Are you hearing me? So you could be a blessed person so, so you could be a blessing. God intends you to be a blessing to other people, to your family, to the kingdom of God. And so I'm going to talk about a subject. People, uh, um, we're going to be talking about finances and how we honor God and how God wants to bless your life. I'm going to start by reading some scriptures and get into where we left off and move quickly. I want to read you some. I, I think they're ready. We can put it up. Psalms 35, real quickly. Psalms 35, verse 27. We're going to read it from a couple of different translations. You can, it's up on the screen, so you can read it. Father, we've already prayed for him to bless his word. He will. Let's begin reading. May those who delight... Now I'm going to read from this translation, then a different one, so that way you, you have a comparison. May those who, who delight in my vindication shout for joy and gladness. May they always say, the Lord be exalted. But here is the last part of the verse. May God be exalted who delights, this translation says delights, in the well-being, notice this, in the well-being of his servant. Now, I don't know which translation they put up. Is it the exact same? Okay, now the term well-being, it's the Hebrew word, and we get the English word prosper. Now listen to this. this there's other translation that says who delights or takes great joy in the prosperity of his children. God takes great joy in the prosperity of his children. And then another translation says, who has pleasure when he sees his children prospering. Woo! How you like that one? Woo! <laughs> He takes pleasure when he sees us being blessed. Now, prosperity is not only talking about money. Don't, don't, don't get it twisted. I mean, God wants to bless you, but there's so many other things. He gives us health. Say health. How many of you know health's a blessing? Man, when you're young, you don't even think about it. When you start getting a little bit older, like you get my age, man, you, you know, when you're in your 30s, you start, you start, <laughs> yeah, eh, I hate all of you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, for those of you watching online. But, uh, but when you get older, you start to cherish your health. Health is an important thing. And then not only that, but he gives us relational peace. 
And he restores relationships that have been damaged or broken. And there's so many ways that God blesses us. And how many of you are more blessed now than when you first got saved? Aren't you better off in every area? Think about it. Peace of mind, joy. It might, you might not be perfect. You might not be where you want to be, but you're on the journey to get there. Come on, say amen. And everything might not be perfect in your life. Jesus never promised that you were going to have a perfect life. But he said, I'll be with you no matter what you go through. I'll be with you in the fire. I'll be with you in the storm. The waters won't overtake you. The fire won't burn you. God will take care of you. As long as you're right with God, God will look out for you. When you take care of God's business, he takes care of yours. God loves you. What am I trying to say? Listen to this. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. He has a great plan for your life. He wants to bless your life. Amen. Psalms 128. I want to I share this with you. Psalms 128. We're going to look at verses 1 through 4, if we can get that up there. Starting with verse 1, Psalms 128. Blessed are all who fear the Lord. Fear means have a deep reverence or respect for God. You have like this awe of God. You don't, take, you, you don't become familiar with the presence of God, but every time you come into the presence of God, there's an awe, there's a you call greatness, you admire the, the God. You know, like when you get in his presence, it's just like, wow, it overwhelms you, man. Blessed are all those who fear the Lord, who walk in his ways. Watch this. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Woo, somebody say thank you, Jesus. God is watching everything we do, and he'll bless us. Blessings and prosperity. Oop, there it is. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Somebody say, it's mine. Come on, say, it's mine. I'm God's child. It belongs to me. I claim it. Say, I receive it. Say, thank you, Jesus. See, life and death are in the power of your tongue. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. And now this is for the men. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine. Huh? Modern translation? Ooh, she'll cook some good meals. She'll treat you right. Amen. She'll wear the right color lipstick. Ooh. Ooh. Let's keep going. <laughs> okay, it's good you have a sense of humor. Amen. Some of you guys need to really pray for a sense of humor, amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. And then at the altar call, I'll pray for some personality, amen? <laughs> Let's keep moving. Don't hate on me because I tell it like it is. Smile. <laughs> that's right. That's what they say. Okay. Your sons will be like olive shoots around your table. Thus is the man. Thus is the woman. Remember, man is always generic in the Bible, man and woman. Thus is the man blessed who fears and honors the Lord. Now, for the sake of time, last time we looked at Matthew 19, so we want to turn there real quickly, real fast. Let's go to Matthew chapter 19. And this is the story that we read about the rich young ruler. Remember that? Let's go through it real fast. Matthew chapter 19, we're going to begin in verse 16. It says, Now a man came up to Jesus and he asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to enter eternal life? Why do you ask me about what? What is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, talking about eternal life, obey the commandments. Well, which ones? The man inquired. 
Jesus replied, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal. Now, of the Ten Commandments, this is heavy because he, the ones he chose, think about the ones he chose here. And when you watch the news and you watch life, you see how prominent these, these commandments are. Watch what he says. He says, don't, don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't give false testimony. Don't slander. It has a two-pronged meaning, twofold. It means don't, 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 don't be a liar. Don't lie. And then don't go around talking bad. Don't slander people because that's all part of false testimony. What does slander mean? It means whatever you got to say to somebody, you should say it when they're around. And it should not be derogatory or hurtful. You got to learn to ask, ask the Lord to give you a filter. I know I've been asking for a filter for 36 years. <laughs> it's a long time coming, but it's getting there. Amen. In other words, you, we got to be careful because sometimes we could hurt people by saying the wrong things. People hurt people. And sometimes they don't mean to. And, and like if you see somebody and they haven't been in church for a while, you don't come up and say, well, where you been? I bet you've been, you know, or something dumb. You should say, man, it's good to see you again. We love you. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, and then he says this, don't get false. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. Come on, turn to somebody next to you and say, hey, I love you. Go ahead, don't be afraid. Tell somebody I love you. It's a nice, sweet thing. It's a sweet thing to say. Oh, look, Debbie's, Debbie's uh, grabbing Bishop's cheeks. Oh, yeah, we love you. That's right. Affectionate, godly love. It's beautiful, isn't it? There's something about the way God created us that we need love. Love is like sunlight to a plant. Pure love. Godly love. You know, in our ministry, we have a lot of wounded people. I don't know if we really do. In most churches, but some churches don't, don't, they wash over and don't really identify and don't hit those areas. We have a lot of, we have, not only the ones that come from the home, but those that come to the church, a lot of times they come from backgrounds of abuse, whether sexual or, or, or you know, physical, sexual, um, um, emotional, verbal, and or they've been uh, a single parent home or, or alcoholic father, mother, some type of, something damaging, uh, divorce, uh, death. There's a lot of things that can, can affect the young person growing up. And me and Doreen and our pastoral team and our leadership have always tried to exemplify the pure love of God. Of, to model what a godly spiritual father and a godly spiritual mother, how they function. You know, with love, but a pure love. Because some people can take it and because it's been tainted in their lives. It's important that they, that they learn how, what pure godly love is. Say, love your neighbor as yourself. And then he says, let's continue on real quick. All these things I have kept, the young man said, so what do I lack? In other words, hey, I've arrived, Jesus. Check me out. Check me out, Jesus. I'm all that in the bag of chips. He says, yeah, what, shall, what do I still lack? And Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, notice he, he responded back to him. Go sell your possessions and give it to the poor. And then you will have treasure in heaven. Somebody say treasure in heaven. And then come and follow me. In other words, he's saying, you'll build a bank account that there is in heaven. 
and you'll also become great. You can become one of my apostles. And when the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Now, Jesus is not asking you to go sell everything and, 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 and live in the parking lot here. Amen? As a matter of fact, we don't want you living in the parking lot here. You're not welcome in our parking lot to live. We need to park the cars. Okay? So we're not saying, he's not saying go sell everything you have. It was a specific thing for this gentleman, this individual that God knew what, what he knew where his heart was. His heart was in his wealth. And there's nothing wrong with having wealth or having things. As long as those things don't have you. See, what happened was this man's wealth had him, had his heart. And, and, and that's why the Lord said, okay. Um, when the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. When Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to die of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And when his disciples had heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, who can be saved then? My God, are you kidding me, Jesus? And then Jesus looked at him and said, this, what's a, with man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. Amen? We've been looking at and talking about why we should be givers and the importance of, of why we give. It's an issue that a lot of churches don't want to talk about or they over talk about it. And this needs to be an important balance because God wants to bless your lives. One of the first thing we learned is that Jesus and God is the owner of everything we have. Somebody say amen. amen. Everything we have has come from God. The air we breathe, the, day you're li the life you're living, it comes from God. You know, early this morning when I was praying, I was talking to the Lord, and I, thought, I said, you know, Lord, I, you know exactly how many years I have left. You know exactly how, how many each of us have. Whatever years I do have have been allotted to me. Because the Bible says all the days ordained for you were written in your book before you ever lived one of them. So he knows the day of your birth and the day of your departure. And it's not a sad thing for those of us that are serving God because we know we enter heaven. But, but we, should, we should live our lives in a way that bring glory and honor to God. Colossians talks about live worthy of the calling you have received, the calling to be a, a man and woman of God. And part of it comes in our finances. We need to give to God because he's the owner of everything. Every, everything we have is a gift from God. Our life, our health, our children, these are all blessings from him. And we've been called to be stewards. Somebody say stewards. See, the problem with some Christians that are not faithful is because they think that they own it, and they, but really it's God's, he's the steward. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 4, 2 says, it is required in stewards then that a man be found faithful. We know, we looked at Malachi last time, it says, will a man rob God? He says, in Malachi 3.10, it says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. And we talked about this. It's important that we learn because, see, here, let, me just, let me just get off track right now. You know how I got a bad habit of doing this. We're trying to build a base here. Now, now I'm going to just not just be, wear the pastor hat, but I want to also the hat of a spiritual father. What our intentional goal is here in Victory Outreach Whittier is we're building a base church. A base church. In the future, next year, you're gonna, you'll hear me do a series about this. I'm going to talk about what does a base church look like? What is the function of a base church? What's the purpose? What's the goal? Why? We have a mandate from God to be a base church. What is a base church? Now, we have some military people here, um, here in our congregation. We have a number of, of, of veterans, man. 
uh, great men and even some women that have served the Lord. We, we honor you. I mean, serve the Lord. Serve the Lord, yes, but serve the mil in the military. Amen. We have Marines. Uh, we have Army. We have some squids, the navies, right? We have Navy SEALs. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's right. You wish you could be one. Amen. No. And then we have some spiritual Navy SEALs. Amen. <laughs> if you've gone through the home, that's you. Amen. <laughs> Now watch, in a base, it's very important. They could tell you, I could get up here, and when we do the series, I'm going to have some of them testify about some of the things they experienced when they were in, a, in the military base. It's not only boot camp taking place, there's guys that are getting shipped out to go to war or go to different conflicts or go to different parts. There's some that are coming back. There's all kinds of, there's all activity. And here in our church, we're constantly doing something for God. We're involved in international stuff. We help in Victory Outreach International, whatever the need Pastor Sonny has. If there's a need, we say, we have somebody. We have Christian here all the way from Panama because he answered the call. We have some going, some coming. We, we're, we're, we're planning churches. We're, we're helping out. We're a base. And the only way we can be a strong base is if we have a strong financial church. That's how we were able to get in this building so people can get saved. People are graduating because you and I, some of us have been faithful with our tithes and offerings, but some people have been writing for free, are still takers. You're dining and, you're, you're dining and dashing. You know what dining and dashing is? Let me make let, let me let me tell you. There's there some people that are guilty of that when they were younger. I was shocked one day when I was sitting to listening to somebody from this church told me when they were younger, them and they and their friends went to a restaurant, ordered all kinds of food, ate, and they devised a plan. To dine and dash. Filthy animals. It's wrong. But they weren't saved. And I was in shock because if I told you who they were, you would be, you would like be disgusted with them. There's some here, somewhere in this section. That's all I'm going to say. Right here. I was utterly appalled. Now, this didn't happen last week. This happened maybe 20, 30 years ago before they got saved or whatever. But um, there's a lot of Christians. You've been blessed here in the house of God. Some of you get married here. Some of you find strength here. You find joy. You find fellowship. But you dine and you dash. Because you're not a faithful tither. You're not, you don't give, you don't honor God with. And then you know why a lot of people are struggling financially? Because they say, I can't afford to tithe. That's why you can't afford to do anything. Because you're, you're not faithful to God. And you want God to be faithful to you. And he is. But you don't have the overflowing blessings like other people. Because you're still robbing God. And I don't know why people do that. This church will continue on anyways. We've had some people that have not been faithful, and they're just stuck on stubborn. You thought I was going to say something else, didn't you? <laughs> Let me say it again. They're stuck on... Oh, I want to say it. Stubborn. 
And it breaks my heart because I know God wants to bless them and they, and they can't enjoy they can't enjoy the overflowing blessings. What they, what they receive is the burly getting by blessings. Like in the Old Testament, if you look at, look at the miracles, I challenge you to study the Old Testament and look at the miracles that happened in the Old Testament and then look at, look at the provisional miracles that took place in the New Testament. God has so much more in store for you. God, man... So in Malachi, the reason why it says bring the whole tithe, somebody say whole tithe, into the storehouse. That's here in Whittier. You know why we need a base? The reason why I didn't want to do what I was going to do earlier, because I didn't want to be emotional. I didn't want to break, because I was thinking about, we're going to pray Cisco and Michelle out. I've watched this young couple mature into manhood and womanhood. I've known Michelle, we've known Michelle since she was a little girl. She was like about this big. She was a dwarf when she was born. But seriously, we've seen her grow up. And Cisco, a young man, become a man. And, and become a man of God, too. And now they're going to go. We're sending them out to take a city. They're answering the call because we're a base church. We're a base church. And we're connected to Pastor Sonny and Sister Julie's heart. And whenever I can't sit in a meeting and my pastor say, man, does anybody have somebody to go? And nobody say nothing in their silence. And I say, man, Pastor, we got somebody. Because we want to be a base church. Our, our motives are pure. It's about, and you know what? I, I see it this morning. I sat outside watching the sun come up praying. And I was broken. Tears are coming down my eyes. And like I have all those other times that we've planted churches, we've been involved in eight church plants that have come from us here so far. And every time I close my eyes and I see, I start, I start seeing in my spirit, the, eye, the eyes, the mind and the eyes of my spirit, I see Ventura, that whole area right there of people that are going to get saved, marriages that are going to get restored. My God, my God. Oh my God, my heart breaks, man. And you and I have a part in that. When they open their homes, man, a men's home, a women's home, when they see marriages restored, when they pray for people, you and I have a part because Christianity is about people. And that's why we do what we do. That's why we're a base church, because we care about people. Otherwise, we wouldn't have sent nobody else. We would have kept them here, and we would have just been a little bless me club, and we would have just been here, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But we care about people. And we can never, never, never get away from that woodier. Never. That's the driving force of our life. But we can't do it with unfaithful people. Proverbs 15, it talks about that God frustrates the lives of the unfaithful. Sometimes some people's finances are frustrated because you're still robbing God. You're giving him a tip and not a tithe. You're touching the forbidden fruit like Eve did. And if you know that your husband or wife is doing it, you're just like Eve or Adam 
partaking of what you should not be partaking. The tenth is holy unto the Lord. And you cannot, it's, if, if you go to God and say, God, but you know my situation and you know I can't. God is saying, okay, so if it's like, like an adulterer going saying, God, well, you know I'm just a lustful pig. You know, God, I can't help slandering people or whatever the case may be. You can't make excuses for your sin. It don't work like that. God says, no, come on, get a hold of me. Let me work in your life. Repent. Repent means stop doing, turn and go the opposite direction. It's the same thing with your finances. What you're saying is that this, you know what, bottom line, and I'm going to get ready to close. The rich young ruler, when Jesus told him, go sell everything, you'll have treasure in heaven, you're not going to lose, you're going to actually gain. But you can't have a carnal or earthly perception or you'll never gain. And then he said, come, be a part of my kingdom. Walk with me and the other 12 because I know that I'm going to lose one. And the man put his head down, didn't say another word to Jesus, and he turned and he walked away from the kingdom of God and the calling of God. He walked away. Now watch this. Really what he was saying with his actions, like a lot of Christians do, when you're unfaithful in this area, what he was telling Jesus is, I don't trust you to provide for me. I trust my riches. That's why I can't let go of it and follow you. That's why. That's what you say when you tell God, I can't afford, God. I can't afford to give you a tithe to be faithful. And thank God that people lear are learning and growing. I've been asking God, I say, God, you know. One thing about this church is this has been a church of integrity from day one. Every time, that's why we were able to raise money for three years straight and not lose people because we were getting this building. We say we're going to buy chairs. We buy chairs. We say we're going to do this. We're going to do that. Everything, not only that, but the congregation, the leadership knows, especially those during this process, me and my wife took cuts and pay. I was making the same, same salary that I made when we were on Imperial Highway 15 years ago, cuts and pay, so that I, we don't, I don't just ask you to sacrifice and we don't sacrifice. We've lived by exampleship, and that's why God has blessed our lives. Come on, somebody. That's why God has blessed this church. That's why we're expanding to the right and to the left. That's why we're planting churches and, and being a part of Europe and being a part of the San Fernando Valley and Ventura and TJ and Mexico and, and Long Beach and South Central and all, the other, and all the other places, God, because we're raising up a base because we care about people and we honor God. We need you to be a part of this base, but you got to be faithful. Let's stand. That's it. I ain't saying no more. That was my introduction for part two. I want you to close your eyes, bow your heads, please. Oh, Father. 
This morning, my heart is so heavy, Lord. My heart is heavy, Lord. Lord, we want to build a base church. We're building a base church. And I know many say, oh, we are a base church. But, Lord, we got so far to go. We need you. We can't do anything without you, God. We started from nothing, not even having a place to have worship. All those years ago, when we couldn't even meet in that hotel room many years ago, to where we are today, God, you've been so faithful. You've been faithful, Lord. You've been faithful. God, I'm so grateful. Even when we're not, you are. I need you, Holy Spirit, to illuminate minds and hearts. I need you, Lord, to move and bring a conviction to those that are struggling. That's that somehow a light bulb will go on. That that's why they're struggling. That's why what they're touching is not being blessed because they're eating the seed. They're touching the forbidden fruit, the tithe. And they justify it in selfishness. And they justify it in other things. And some even say, Lord, while I give my time. Yet they eat the seed that belongs to you. Yet they rob you, God. Please bring a conviction that from this day forward, anybody here, God who does not honor you and have not completely honored you, but they've been tipping you and they try to justify. I pray that, Holy Spirit, you bring a conviction, a conviction, God, to obedience, a conviction so we can build a base, God, so we, we don't have lack in the house, your house. This is not my house. This is not any. This is your house, and we all have the, part, the privilege to partner with you, Lord. Holy Spirit, I need you just to speak. Let them know that they're part of something great here in Whittier, that Whittier is, is, is being raised up to be an example church around the world, God, that we're impacting, Lord. The anointing that fills this place, the anointing. I release your anointing. An anointing of conviction. An anointing that will bring forth and birth obedience, oh God, in the area of ties and offering, the area of surrendering, God. I want you right there where you're at. This morning, I'm not going to make an altar call. The altar call is right there. As every head is bowed and eyes are closed and they're just ministering softly, real softly. Let the Holy Spirit examine your heart. 
I want you to examine your heart. If you've been unfaithful in this area, then I want you to make a vow to God that you're going to become a faithful, not a tipper, that you're not going to come and try to give God your excuses or or, but you're going to say, Lord, I am going to step into the realm of obedience. I'm going to have part. You saved me. You've done so much in my life. And Lord, I'm going to be a faithful tither. I'm not going to, I'm not going to eat the forbidden fruit like Adam and Eve. I'm not going to, Father, be, I'm not going to rob you, God. I'm, I'm going to be faithful so you can prosper me. You take pleasure in the prosperity of your children. Father, we need an army of faithful men and women. An army of faithful men and women. I pray for those that are young in the Lord that are struggling with this, God. They haven't come to a place of complete obedience. And they're struggling with their faith. They're struggling with trust because that's what it is. They're struggling with honoring you. They let, the, they let the circumstances, they let their, their uh, uh, lack of disciplines get in the way of their faithfulness. They're not good stewards. They don't look and they don't budget, God, and they don't look at like they're supposed to, God, and, they, and, they, uh, uh, and then they rob you because of their lack of discipline, their lack of, of maturity in this area of their finances, God. Or maybe they just hoard because of some of this, this root inside of them of, of not being willing to let go and trust you. I pray you break that. I pray that you bring growth and, and that people would mature in this area, that we could have a mature congregation. Build a base, Lord, as we continue to go forward, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.